from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Studios in Des Moines. I'm Mark Magnuson, and welcome to Iowa Ag Matters. In today's show, Riley speaks with Channel Seed agronomist Andrew Phillips to talk about preparing soil for planting season. I'm joined by Will McEntee to continue the discussion about rural ag climate smart jobs. And Andy and Dustin break down the EPA issuing an existing stocks order for dicamba products. It's time now to welcome our hosts, Dustin Huffman and Andy Peterson. All right, Mark, here we go. Brand new week, the Iowa Ag Matters program, your authentic, official, and trusted voice of Iowa agriculture. Of course, the market's closed today. Three-day holiday with the President's Day uh, holiday. We stack these three-day holidays, it seems, uh, pretty close together here to start the year, Dustin. Yeah, that we always do. I think it's kind of trying to wean us off the fact that usually we have longer breaks around Christmas and, and New Year's. So I think everybody's kind of jonesing for another break or another day off. And so they kind of, and we also have the holidays in that time period too. So obviously we, we move them in that time time frame. and uh, yeah, that's just the way it works out. And then after Easter it kind of calms down again, but then, you know, we got Memorial day and all them. And boy, I can't believe we're talking about those holidays already. So, but yeah, of course we had a uh, snow over the weekend on Friday and everything. And of course it wouldn't have been a tournament without one. So, you know, and now we've got more tournaments, but it looks like we may have uh, may have sidestepped. It looks like we might see some warmer temperatures here. I mean, you're talking 50s already today. Uh, so that snow that we got isn't going to last a whole heck of a long time. Well, yeah, we keep talking about uh, paying for this warm weather, and yet we continue to see 50s in the forecast. By the way, this segment brought to you by our friends at Sweetwater Technologies. Join in the road to 1 million acres. To find out more, check out sweetwatertechnologies.com. Let's take some market analysis now, shall we? Mark Magnuson visiting with Greg McBride from Allendale. Markets are closed today in observance of the President's Day holiday, but I'm joined now by Greg McBride of Allendale as we kind of recap the previous week. And Greg, you know what? We received a lot of information in the last about week and a half. We've received a WASD report, some consumer price index data early last week, had the USDA Ag Outlook Forum. I know this is a very broad question, Greg, but what were kind of your takeaways from all of the information that we've received here recently? Well, it's just more bearish information on top of bearish information. It, it really doesn't uh, doesn't help our case for higher prices at this point. We continue to see uh, the markets uh, uh, kind of stag uh, under the weight uh, of the uh, the funds coming in and and uh, selling uh, and building what looks to be eventually or or very close to a a record short position in the corn and maybe even uh, getting uh, pretty close to a record short position in the uh, in the soybeans as well. So. Uh, we continue to see that pressure, and uh, you know, you look at look around. There's not much that really lends to uh, to the bull uh, to the bull argument uh, at this time. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be. Uh, there's potential for some uh, maybe some heat and dryness in the late uh, spring and early part of the summer that could uh, give the give the funds a reason to to come out of some of those short positions, or or at least uh, uh, maybe move back to mo- uh, more of a neutral position. That would help things out. But in the in the short term. A lot of this is just uh, it's just them coming in and, and selling uh, large carryouts for both corn and beans. As we turn our eyes to South America and it's specifically Brazil, we've received some reports about them, you know, flying through harvest recently and kind of makes you wonder if that soybean, if those numbers, the quality numbers, I should say, the quality of the soybeans come into question. And we know we've been wondering how much damage was done by the drought, but is that kind of the case right now? We're wondering how those soybean, the quality level of those soybeans in Brazil right now? Yeah, uh, a lot of times when you you do see a, a, a faster moving uh, harvest, some uh, it's it's either the weather is is definitely in your favor, which they've had that, but uh, uh, sometimes it's also uh, uh, lower yield. 
developed, and that is that has been the case of what we've been seeing. You know, uh, uh, some of the uh, the boots on the ground and some of the uh, some of the analysts down there uh, have said that that the yields are just not coming in where they were expected to. That's why we continue to see uh, some of these ideas about uh, production uh, fading uh, as we go into February and and uh, eventually March. So there are the uh, there are the potential that uh, we'll see you know the USDA kind of catch up to Conab after Conab uh, did slice uh, a good close to six million tons off their bean crop and and uh, about the three to four off their uh, corn crop on the, on the last uh, report. Well, we'll have more from Greg McBride of Allendale as we uh, get still get that analysis today and find out what's happening in the livestock markets and how they shook out to end the week. But right now, Andy Peterson's here with his three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Yet to come, perhaps, a recession, even though it's been predicted by many as interest rates has continued to go up, according to Bank strategist Steve Nicholson. And so until we see, in my mind, until we see a pullback in jobs created or the opportunities for jobs, it's going to be very hard to go down a path of, of, of a recession. The Fed may have engineered the, the classic soft landing. That's, I think, yet to be seen. But... It's remarkable how resilient the U.S. economy has been. He says as far as interest rate goes, despite predictions of declines, he's less optimistic that will come to reality. Number two. A new era of growth for clean fuels as the Clean Fuels Alliance America welcomed almost 850 attendees from over 20 countries to the Clean Fuels Conference in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, CEO Donnell Reagan says that as the industry continues to evolve, it'll, quote, be more important to remain together and focused on the issues that move us forward. Companies included BNSF Railway, Union Pacific, American Airlines, and PepsiCo took the, to the stage to discuss sustainability goals and how clean fuels are moving the needle to reach them. Number one. Continuing the conversation on weed resistance in Iowa after, of course, the dicamba ruling and the 240-resistant water hemp announcement last week. Resistance is nothing new in our business. We know it's unfortunate. We, we see it year after year, different modes of action. In this particular case, this was not found in the field where the grower had been utilizing endless soybeans. Uh, in fact, they were doing the right things, using multiple modes of action pre, multiple modes of action post. But a lot of farmers, as we all know here in the state, either we're, we're mowing or we're spraying the ditches, trying to keep the weeds down. Unfortunately, in that kind of environment, we just don't have as many tools. And when we select for one tool over and over, year after year, that's the good recipe for resistance. He says it's important to maintain the basics of good weed control in order to preserve tools like Enlist Soybeans. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Are you ready to diversify your farm income? Sweetwater Technologies, powered by GRIP, is offering the next generation of agricultural entrepreneurs turnkey owner-operated drone business partnerships. Together, we can grow and empower agricultural communities through technological solutions. It is our vision to build economic growth for future generations. Apply today to become a business partner and join our journey on the road to 1 million acres at sweetwatertechnologies.com. Well, we heard earlier last week about a injunction, or I should say an order from the courts in Arizona to stop the use of dicamba and soybeans and cotton. Well, now the EPA getting involved with the stop notices on dicamba products. We'll talk more about that coming up here on Iowa Ag Matters online, iowaagnet.com from the Iowa Agribusiness Ranking Network.
Well, let's continue the conversation here about soybean herbicides. As um, you're hearing in your three big Iowa ag matters, there's a follow-up to uh, last week's news of the 2,4-D resistant water hemp being found in that ditch in Wright County. No threat immediately to the enlist soybean system, but certainly something to uh, be wary of in regard to uh, how we execute our weed control strategies this upcoming season. Of course, that came on the heels of news that that court in Arizona had uh, vacated the um, license basically to uh, to use dicamba on soybeans and two primary weed control mechanisms within one week facing a threat. Well, now, Dustin, the uh, EPA has issued what they call an existing stocks order for dicamba, which essentially says that uh, anything that was labeled and uh, packaged and uh, ready for delivery by February 6th can be used. Uh, so Extendamax and Genia Tavium packaged, labeled, and ready for shipment prior to February 6th, 2024 are going to be available, which, which they had to do, right? Because there just aren't not only available alternate herbicides to make up for those acres, but seed supplies uh, alternate are, are not available. Uh, so that's, I guess, a bit of good news, but the uncertainty I don't think uh, diminishes any with this uh, order either. No, that it doesn't. I mean, it, one thing it does at least provide for is the fact that, and, and this is something that the courts don't understand, quite frankly, a lot of bureaucrats don't understand. It's not like the farmers can just go back up to the service counter at the local feed store and return the return the seeds and get new stuff because the government changed their order. I mean, these plans are put in place. You have availability of seed stock. Those orders get put in well ahead of time. And and so to to have that put in place really puts a damper on and of course unneeded expense on these farmers as well. So that at least addresses that. But again, as you said, without an injunction from a higher court, uh, you know, this means it's going to be another legal battle in, into a higher court, at least what well, we know it's going to be, but there hasn't been anything issued about, Hey, let's, let's let the injunction. I mean, the, the EPA does up to the February 6th deadline, but that means you better have had your stuff delivered already. So if you've waited, uh, for delivery, you may be in a tough place. And of course, you got to obviously check with your retailers to find out what's going on there. But like I said, as long as it was packaged and ready for delivery, you should be okay. And most of those places are ready. But, you know, just just make sure you are keeping track of what your orders are and what, what's going on. And if you've got them delivered, yeah, at least you can use them this year. And it, it is, like you said, and with the fact that we're still waiting to, and that suspected uh, 2,4-T resistance, you know, and, and that could be a, an issue as well. I mean, yes, road ditches are, aren't fields, but it doesn't take long for plants to cross-pollinate and, and those seeds to spread into, into fields. And so, yeah, having, <clears throat> excuse me, having those two weapons that we have in our toolbox uh, kind of neutralized in one week is uh, is going to make things interesting. But again, when we talk about 2,4-T, as we mentioned earlier, and as we talked with Megan Anderson, that's part of the enlist program. So, I mean, yes, while they rely heavily on it, it is a piece in the puzzle, but it is a very essential piece in that puzzle uh, for weed control throughout the year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And of course, as we talk about uh, crop protection, obviously corn and, and soybeans, both very important. We're talking right now with Iowa Corn Growers Association, President Jolene Reeson, with this exclusive interview. There's a lot of conversation at Commodity Classic about the importance of carbon intensity scoring and increasing farmer participation. I have a Corn Growers Association, one of the leaders on the issue, according to President Jolene Reeson. So I had a study done here on my farm, and I'm actually a, a negative carbon emitter, and, and I managed to get to that point by I no-till, I use cover crops, 
I have a custom feed yard that we feed cattle in and I utilize that manure as part of my, as part of my fertility program. The ground is, is actually worked very little. Um, if we can no-till it, that's usually what we do. Always keeping in mind, you know, the soil erosion, carbon capture. We just try and do everything that we can to, number one, keep the soil on my farm. Number two, to keep the fertilizer on my farm. She says lowering ethanol's carbon intensity score will be key to unlocking the sustainable aviation fuel market. And you can learn more at iowacorn.org. Well, the markets aren't closed, but the bases still adjust here on uh, President's Day holiday. And Dustin Hoffman takes a look at the latest numbers from around the state. Elevator cash prices straight ahead here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Time to run down those elevator prices for you here on Iowa Ag Matters for this President's Day Monday. I'm Dustin Huffman. Markets are closed today, and you might want to check with your elevators to find out who is open and who is not for accepting loads today. Started off at ADM Burlington, 15 cents under on corn, 401. Soybeans a dime under at 1162. Cargill and Eddyville, even today with corn, cash bid 416. New Co-op Algona, 13 cents under on corn, 403. Soybeans, 55 cents under, 1117. Ag State Sheldon, 20 cents over on corn. They're at 436. Soybeans, 68 cents under at 1104. Ag State Elta, a dime under on corn. They're at 406. Soybeans, 62 cents under at 1110. Cargill Cedar Rapids, even today at 416 for corn. Soybeans, 15 cents under at 1157. They want to remind you that they are closed today for President's Day. Nexus Co-op Marble Rock, a dime under on corn, 406. Soybeans, 55 cents under at 1117. Lincoln Way Ethanol Nevada, they are 2 cents under on corn, cash bid 414. ADM Des Moines, 12 cents under on soybeans, 1160. New Co-op Red Oak, a dime under on corn, 406. Soybeans, 45 cents under at 1127. Mid-Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, 24 cents under on corn, 392. Soybeans, 52 cents under. They're at 1120. New co-op in Sheraton, they are 25 cents under on corn, 391. Soybeans, 50 cents under at 11.22. Walk-on Feed Ranch, 18 cents under on corn, they're at 3.98. Soybeans, 62 cents under at 11.10. New co-op Glidden, 13 cents under on corn, cash bid 4.03. Soybeans, 50 cents under at 11.22. Innovative Ag Services Farley, 17 cents under on corn, 3.99. Soybeans, 53 cents under, cash bid 11.19. Cargill Muscatine closed for the season. They will reopen April 1st. Reminder that their office is open for normal business. Cash corn and soybean bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator when making sales to obtain the most recent price. That's a rundown of your basis numbers here on Iowa Ag Matters. More in a moment. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, again, the markets are closed here for the holiday, but we will have more market information and analysis from what happened on Friday coming up a little later on in the program. Don't forget, we do have market podcasts available free of charge through the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. You can find them on Google, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, and Podbean. More Iowa Ag Matters coming right up.
as we've been talking about, plans are um, being made and finalized and uh, preparations certainly well underway for planning season. In fact, you've seen some fieldwork activity, maybe maybe more than um, than even what you would anticipate with uh, the warm temperatures and lack of frost. Riley Smith learns more now in a conversation with the Channel Seeds on Iowa Ag Matters this morning. Riley? Uh, Andrew, thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. What kind of spring do you think uh, Iowa farmers will have for this uh, 2024 season? Yeah, so I think uh, we went into fall this last fall, and it was extremely dry in my territory. We had very little to no subsoil moisture. Um, We did get a couple really nice rains after uh, harvest before things froze up, so we did replenish a little. Um, when I say a little, I mean an inch or two of rain. Um, and then in January, it was seasonally nice before we got that snowstorm. So we got another inch or two of moisture there, and that all went in. It came extremely nice. Um, there was really really no runoff. And then we got about two feet of snow, and that has all melted. Um, again, went into the ground. So been walking some fields this spring already, um, doing a little horn hunting. Uh, it's kind of a hobby of mine. And the ground is the ground is beautiful. Um, it really has it's got good porosity. Um, there is soil moisture, pretty darn good soil moisture throughout the field. I wouldn't say it goes extremely deep. I would say it's kind of top six inches, maybe top eight inches of soil has some soil moisture. Um, but the soil conditions are extremely good. So um, gives me some hope that we'll have decent uh, moisture going into the spring. Now tillage will impact that. And then also, um, you know, we've had a lot of fog days. Um, and if you're, if you're with the old timers, the fog days, um, 90 days from fog day is, is rain. Um, and that, that leaves the, uh, the month of April in, in a pretty wet pattern, if you believe um, those adages. So I think uh, as we sit today, it looks pretty promising, except if we get into a wet spell, um, that's the only question. Outside of that, we got a lot of fall tillage. We got a lot of nutrition put on this fall. Um, I think we're sitting in a pretty good spot to, to kick off 2024. Well, of course, you just mentioned right there uh, some of the things that farmers have been doing uh, you know, since the fall to be prepared for this planting season. Um, looking from this point forward, uh, you know, as we are uh, you know, getting closer and closer to uh, getting uh, those planters into the ground. Uh, what are some things that farmers need to be doing right now and in the near future to make sure they're ready to go? Yeah, I think that's an extremely loaded question. Um, there's a lot to do um, outside of getting your equipment ready, um, you know, getting labor and, and, and uh, people in place for all of the, the tasks to be completed. Um, but the one thing that I think that I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, usually we don't always get everything done in the fall, um, but this year we did. We, we put on a lot of nutrition on, and I think a lot of people, um, we really need to step back and, and say, what are we doing? How, you know, markets have come down. Um, the profitability of farming is definitely on the decline. We're probably looking at um, a lot of acres that are going to be in the loss, um, net loss uh, category for this coming year. And I think with that being said, ROI is extremely important. So we need to make sure that we're spending our dollars um, in a place that returns us the biggest bang for our buck. And 
what I'm getting at is I think really the only way to do that fairly and accurately is to make sure that we have a base. And, and by base, I mean make sure we know where our fertility levels are through soil testing. Um, for me, soil testing is, is just a snapshot in time of that soil profile. Uh, it used to be we just kind of looked at, you know, organic matter, um, uh, phosphorus, potassium, uh, pH, those kind of things. But it's, it's, it's evolved in the last five years to base saturations of calcium, magnesium, potassium, and hydrogen. Um, it's extremely important to have a balanced soil profile. Well, it was great hearing from Andrew Phillips of Channel Seed there talking about all that information. But right now, Andy Peterson's back. He has his three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Yet to come, perhaps, a recession, even though it's been predicted by many as interest rates has continued to go up, according to Rival Bank strategist Steve Nicholson. And so until we see, in my mind, until we see a pullback in jobs created, or the opportunities for jobs, it's going to be very hard to go down a path of, of, of a recession. The Fed may have engineered the, the classic soft landing. That's, I think, yet to be seen. But it's remarkable how resilient the U.S. economy's been. He says as far as interest rate goes, despite predictions of declines, he's less optimistic that will come to reality. Number two. A new era of growth for clean fuels as the Clean Fuels Alliance America welcomed almost 850 attendees from over 20 countries to the Clean Fuels Conference in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, CEO Donnell Reagan says that as the industry continues to evolve, it'll, quote, be more important to remain together and focused on the issues that move us forward. Companies included BNSF Railway, Union Pacific, American Airlines, and PepsiCo took the, to the stage to discuss sustainability goals and how clean fuels are moving the needle to reach them. Number one. Continuing the conversation on weed resistance in Iowa after, of course, the dicamba ruling and the 240-resistant water hemp announcement last week. Resistance is nothing new in our business. We know it's unfortunate. We, we see it year after year, different modes of action. In this particular case, this was not found in the field where the grower had been utilizing enlist soybeans. Uh, in fact, they were doing the right things, using multiple modes of action pre, multiple modes of action post. But a lot of farmers, as we all know here in the state, either we're, we're mowing or we're spraying the ditches, trying to keep the weeds down. Unfortunately, in that kind of environment, we just don't have as many tools. And when we select for one tool over and over, year after year, that's the good recipe for resistance. He says it's important to maintain the basics of good weed control in order to preserve tools like Enlist Soybeans. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the markets are closed for the President's Day holiday, but doesn't mean we can't look into what's been moving them and what kind of things are affecting them and what they're going to be looking at when we come back from this break. Andy and Mark will have a full check on that coming up next on Iowa Ag Matters.
This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Markets are closed today in observance of the President's Day holiday, but I'm joined now by Greg McBride of Allendale as we kind of recap the previous week. And Greg, as we turn our eyes to South America and it's specifically Brazil, we've received some reports about them, you know, flying through harvest recently and kind of makes you wonder if the quality of the soybeans come into question. And we know we've been wondering how much damage was done by the drought, but is that kind of the case right now? We're wondering the quality level of those soybeans in Brazil right now? A lot of times when you, you do see a, a, a faster moving uh, harvest, some, uh, it's it's either the weather is, is definitely in your favor, which they've had that, but uh, uh, sometimes it's also uh, uh, lower yields. And that is that has been the case of what we've been seeing. You know, some of the uh, the boots on the ground and some of the, some of the analysts down there uh, have said that, that the yields are just not coming in where they were expected to. That's why we continue to see some of these ideas about uh, production uh, fading uh, as we go into February and, and uh, eventually March. So there are the potential that uh, we'll see, you know, the USDA kind of catch up to CONAB after CONAB uh, did slice uh, a good close to 6 million tons off their bean crop and, and uh, about the three to four off their uh, corn crop on the, on the last uh, report. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. Mark, even though the futures markets are closed, livestock slaughter and trade does continue. Let's look at uh, slaughter totals, 120,000 head of cattle. That's 3,000 more than a week ago and 1,000 less than a year ago. As far as boxes go, We've got a mixed market with 76 loads of choice cuts selling 90 cents higher, 296.20. Select uh, down a buck 33 to 286.66 on just nine loads of movement, and that spread widening a little bit, $9.54. Now, as far as the uh, pork side of the equation goes, daily estimated slaughter total numbers are coming in at 482,000 head. That's 2,000 less than a week ago, and 11,000 more than a year ago. Let's wrap up Friday's trade here for comparison purposes. Barrels and gilts producers sold on a carcass basis. We finished with 4,248 head of negotiated purchases with the weighted average price up $2.11 to 6811 Formula purchases 154,000 heads, so about an average run there. And the weighted average price 75.13, so that market was $1.20 higher. As far as what's happening today at midday, a little over 2,000 head of negotiated purposes, uh, purchases, and we're giving back what we gained on Friday, down 224, a weighted average price of uh, 67.26. Formula purchases a strong run, 146,000 head, and the market is stronger again by $1.18 to 76.68. You might think Iowa just grows corn, but the truth is, corn grows Iowa. Hi, I'm Stu Swanson, a farmer from Galt, Iowa, and the first vice president of the Iowa Corn Growers Association. Whether you're planting, harvesting, or anywhere in between, as a member of the Iowa Corn Growers Association, you're also actively advocating for our industry. As an ICGA member, you have a voice lobbying on ag issues at the state and federal levels on priorities that impact your farm. Join us today at iowacorn.org join. Markets are closed today in observance of the President's Day holiday. Here's how the markets closed on Friday. March corn down one and a quarter at 416 and a half. March soybeans up 10 even at 1172 and a quarter. April live cattle up $1.95 at 187.55. March feeder cattle up $3.92 at 251.02. April lean hogs up 22 cents at 85.22. That was a check of the midday markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson.
On we go with the market analysis conversation as we focus now on the livestock side of things. Uh, continuing the conversation is Mark Magnuson with Greg McBride from Allendale. Let's switch over to the other side of the ag marketplace in the livestock complex to close out the week. A good day for cattle on Friday as saw some gains. And I want to ask you, Greg, what do you see as the driver for the upward movement for the cattle? Well, we're seeing some uh, some better box beef uh, numbers. Uh, you're also uh, you're also holding uh, an uptrend at this point. Uh, there's two uh, two major uptrends going on. Uh, one a shorter term uh, that goes back to about the end of December, and one a longer term that goes uh, back to uh, to the lows right at the end of November. So uh, they still do uh, have some uh, some upward momentum to them. They did take a little bit off uh, to start the week, but finish strong. Uh, Thursday and Friday, and and some of that is also seeing uh, maybe some better cash trade out there as well. We've uh, seen some low bids uh, and trade uh, early in the week, but uh, they rebounded uh, to close out the week. So there is still some uh, some strength uh, to that cattle market, uh, and you know you filled uh, technically filled one gap. There is still one more gap. Uh, uh, just up above us uh, that, that comes in around the 190, 190 and a quarter area on the uh, the April contract. Those are those are legitimate targets. For hogs, it's been a nice stretch here recently. And you think back to the, or I should say, you look to the front month number hanging around that $85 mark. That seems almost unbelievable compared to where we were just a short time ago. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, kind of had that uh, that sell-off that we were talking about last week. And, and it looked like we were just kind of in store for that uh, that big drop again, and then they found uh, found some nice support. Uh, started out the week uh, uh, kind of backing off just a touch, but uh, a strong day on Wednesday really brought this market around. Now it uh, it's in uh, it's in a, a good uptrend. It's holding that uptrend, and uh, we're testing some of the uh, some of the highs from uh, back to to last fall. So uh, this market does look uh, look like it's found its footing. It's just a matter of can we start to see the uh, the cash side of the uh, the market uh, play in uh, the exports have been excellent uh, for pork so that is that is definitely helping out um, and then we, we do always continue to watch this uh, this Chinese uh, 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 hog market uh, and their uh, their prices over there but uh, as far as uh, our own situation the the export market has been very strong uh, and that's helping us out Greg you mentioned those pork exports being so strong getting those year-end numbers from the previous year and I just see all the hard work that goes in from the commodity groups and groups like the U.S. Meat Export Federation, and you can see those results kind of in a tangible fashion when it comes to the export numbers, can't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. They they put in a lot of uh, a lot of work to to you know, beef up the uh, the idea of uh, of U.S. pork uh, uh, abroad. And it, it, we're seeing it uh, play out, and and I think it uh, it culminates, uh, you know, obviously uh, with what we've seen uh, here here recently, which is this is the best uh, uh, export sale. Uh, this this past Thursday's report was the best export sale that we've seen in five years. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. And we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to hear from Mark Magnuson because he continues his conversation with Will McGinty.
Well, it is part two of a conversation here with Will McKinty focusing on climate smart agriculture and allowing young people to get involved in U.S. agriculture. Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, and I'm joined today by Will McKinty. And Will, could you please tell us your job responsibilities, your job duties within the United States government? Yeah, absolutely. Great to be with you. I'm uh, Will McEntee. I handle uh, I'm senior advisor for, for rural and agriculture engagement here in the White House Office of Public Engagement. And Will, here today, we wanted to talk about the American Climate Corps initiative. Could you expand on what the initiative is and what the goals of the initiative are? Yeah, absolutely. So this is part of uh, President Biden's historic American Climate Corps initiative that he announced uh, last year. Uh, initiative that, that trains young people in high demand skills for jobs in the clean energy economy. Uh, and, and we'll put a new generation of Americans to work, conserving our lands and waters, bolstering community resilience, deploying clean energy, implementing energy efficient technologies and tackling uh, climate change. And Will, when we also talk about this, it kind of shows the expansion of agriculture in that you don't need to go to school just to study agronomy now. You can study many other things that dovetail with agriculture, including like the Climate Smart Initiative, because then you're able to look at things from the climate side, also in tandem with the agronomy side. And it really, there are so many more opportunities in agronomy than in years past. That, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and it, it, you know, I think this is a really exciting time. Again, you know, we hear from so many uh, farmers and ranchers who are you know, b both concerned you know, about the, the impacts of, um, of, of, of these climate issues, but are also uh, you know, excited about some of the opportunities that um, are, are presented, um, you know, through, you know, the investments being made through uh, the, the Biden-Harris administration, but, but, but also, um, you know, through the work they're doing and, and the new market opportunities that they're creating through their work in this space um, as well. And, uh, and, you know, what we've seen, you know, through the, 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 the private sector as well. So, this is definitely an exciting, you know, time um, uh, to, to be involved. Uh, you know, in, in climate smart agriculture and, and, and forestry. And, and this is an exciting opportunity to, for, um, for, for younger people uh, to get involved in, in, in this moment. And Will, I was gonna ask you just to wrap things up. Is there any kind of proof of concept of already seeing this implemented in other areas or maybe different parts of the country where we can say, you know, this has been tried and it does work and we look forward to getting it to, to a successful point here in a state like Iowa? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I would say that, um, you know, first of all, we're, we're excited to, to partner with so many different um, organizations in all of this work. I should mention that, um, you know, this is a partnership between USDA and, and the, the CORE Network and the, uh, the National Association of Conservation Districts, um, as well as, as AmeriCorps. And um, so, you know, certainly the National Association of Conservation Districts uh, have have done you know, a lot to, to partner with um, with farmers and ranchers across the country uh, in, in, in these ways. And uh, and, and certainly are, have, have an eye for how we're bringing younger people into the fold in this work as well. Um, and, you know, we're, we're excited to um, to continue to partner with with new um, with with new and eligible organizations through that submit requests for proposal through this program uh, to continue to, to, to build off of this exciting work. 
Well, Will, I thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today. Is there anything else you'd like to let our listeners know about? I, I would say what, what really excites us about this program is that it you know, really uh, you know, fits two needs that, 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 that we've been you know, working hard to address uh, through the, the administration's work. You know, one is you know, supporting that, that next generation um, of uh, you know, rural leaders and agricultural leaders, and then also you know, addressing uh, you know, the, the climate issues and, uh, and creating economic opportunities. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Iowa Ag Matters here as we kick off this week. Uh, President's Day weekend, of course, as we said, markets will be reopening later on tonight uh, for the overnight trade as they get going for another week. Of course, big cattle on feed report coming up later on this week. The markets are going to be watching that and seeing if we can maintain some of the gains we've seen both cattle and hogs. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks to Mark and Riley for all behind-the-scenes work. Thanks to Andy, and of course, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.